0: To Nya R F M, it's twelve past twelve, and it's time to think finance. Thursday finance coming your way with Stephen Pritchard joining me, Jane Klein. And today we're going to talk about peer-to-peer lending. We'll also take your subjects, your questions on 49216216. We'll have a market snapshot and we'll find out what's happening with commodities. Stephen Pritchard, we're going to take a look at where we are with commodities at the moment, but uh, we see in today's paper that um, the the passport office in Newcastle is uh, expected to be closed, part of the federal government's economic management.
1: Yes, it's proposed that the passport office in Newcastle, Perth and Sydney will be closed as a cost-cutting measure, but that there's new offices to be reopened in Sydney, not in the CBD area. But, you know, once again, the regional areas is having to wear the cost. Um, the government charges you for every time you get a passport, and I would have thought if they are serious at cutting costs, the whole passport office should be relocated from the there's uh, capital cities into one of the regional cities.
0: So uh, I would have thought Newcastle might have counted as a regional city, but apparently not.
1: No, apparently, mm. apparently. So okay. um, it's interesting. That, so we you know,
0: might have to. It's travel. the same. It's the same yeah. as
1: the Australian Securities Commission office closed a few years ago. Right. Uh, and East collects a lot of money from the region, mm-hmm. um, and talks about user pays. Well, you know we. We we're paying all this money, where's the services being provided?
0: <laughs> I suppose they're somewhere we just have to find them where they are mm, and <laughs> go hunting. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go hunting for commodities at this stage and uh, what's happening there? Uh,
1: pretty quiet. The, the, gold, the gold price closed yesterday at $1,536 an ounce, which is half a percent difference from last week, half a percent up roughly, $20. Uh, the silver price closed down 2.4% uh, at $20.65 and the copper price, which we've got done of copper in your backyard, haven't we? Oh, Uh, yes. (laughs) $7,744 a tonne, which is the same as last week. Um, And interesting, the nickel price was the big mover for the week, which was up 5%. Um, Nickels are a a, a mineral that's used in production of stainless steel and other industrial products, and it was up 5% to $17,501 a tonne. So it's interesting that the the, the industrial or base minerals and base metals are are going up in value.
0: Hmm. Okay, does that mean something for us? Should we go out with our little hammer? I don't think so. so. (laughs) Miner's picky. Yes.
1: Um, The US dollar, uh, we're up against the US dollar. um, We're up to Mm 77.3836 cents, which is up... Half a percent of last half a cent last week. seems um, gotten down a
0: lot though, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, the the,
1: the the trend was down for a while, but the trend seems to be going up. If we look back at back to uh, the beginning of May, it's continuously um, heading upwards. Heading eh? upwards, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not by much, but the trend's upwards. Uh, against the Great British Pound, we were down.
0: Mhm.
1: Um, against the New Zealand Dollar, we we're up one point seven percent. And against the Euro, we were a steady. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's really no major changes in the currency markets.
0: And how about the markets around the the world? The
1: the Australian market, um, it was down 1.8% on the week, but it is up this morning. So it closed yesterday. 5,485 and it was up about 65 points earlier this morning. Um, the US Dow was down um, half a percent of the week to 1,800 and the NASDAQ, which is the other major market in the US, was was down to 5,076. And over in Hong Kong, it was down 3% to mm-hmm. 26,687
0: points. We're treading water generally.
1: Basically, mm, yeah. No, 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 you, know, you wouldn't regard those as major movements. Mm-hmm. Um, and the your favourite thing, the oil <laughs> price, the Wex test, Wex, Wexed. West, West <laughs> Texas the immediate price was up, uh, almost 4% on the week to $79 a barrel. So the oil prices, you know, one stage it was talked around getting down to $50, but it seems to have been trending up for at least for the last month.
0: Uh, And the prices at the bowser, how are they going?
1: Well, the prices at the bowser, the Newcastle unleaded petrol price was $1.38 a litre this morning, which is down uh, 3% on last week. And in Sydney, it's $1.48 a litre, which was up 1.82%. So unusually, Sydney's 10 cents a litre dearer than we are.
0: Mm, Why don't you put
1: that down to jail?
0: Well, I'm asking you. I don't know.
1: Someone's made a mistake. Uh, And the diesel prices, uh, Newcastle was down 3.2% to $1.30, and Sydney was also at $1.30, so they're both the same,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which is unusual as well.
0: On to NURFM, your easy-listening alternative, 25 past 12, and this is our market snapshot on Thursday Finance for our sponsor Pritchard & Partners. And Stephen Pritchard... We're looking at our what's happening around the market at the moment. We're talking about house prices.
1: Yes, house prices are again in the news with the Reserve Bank Governor, um, Glenn Stevens, yesterday at a conference saying that prices in Sydney were at crazy levels.
0: Now, I think he's not alone in saying that, but no, um, well, that makes it official.
1: That makes it official. Um, and he, he does address what we've said about previously about... Um, the Reserve Bank has this problem that the um, the interest rates are still too high, which is leading to the currency being too high, and they need to drop interest rates to to get the exchange rate round, which encourages the export of Australian goods um, but the problem they 've got is every time they drop interest rate, house prices are going up again, and he seems to be saying that they 're going to ignore this in the future and they 're going to just managed for the rest, of, the rest of the Australian economy, and um, if Sydney house prices go up, they, house prices go up. I mean, it is basically Sydney and parts of Melbourne. I mean, I, I suppose Newcastle, but in Perth they're, they're actually falling, and um, other, other regional centres, particularly where there's a mining industry, and particularly up the valley here, for example, the house prices have actually fallen dramatically. Ah,
0: uh, yes, as I suppose there's a number of mining people mm, have I mean, moved out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, house prices... Mm. Well, forget about where they are, eh, according yeah. to Glenn
1: Stevens. He's going to act as, 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 for the economy as a whole.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that's what he so should be I doing. Think like I think that what
1: that says is that interest rates are going to come down again.
0: Okay. Uh, have we still got the highest interest rates in the world? Do you think?
1: Oh, I think we have. If you look at the cash rate, it's well, well not you can't say the whole world, but but you know, look at the cash rate here, and you look at the US as, as what twenty five basis points, and the UK is probably similar, and Switzerland it's actually a negative. Uh, you have to pay money for the, the central bank to uh, to to look after your money. So. Uh, on a worldwide basis, uh, the developed economy, yes, Australian interest rates are very high, which is one of the reasons the Australian dollar is holding up.
0: Mm. Now, commuting cyclists, uh, at the moment their, their bikes are subject to FBT, fringe benefits tax, is that right?
1: Uh, yes, if the employer supplies a, a bike um, for people to ride to and from work, it's subject to fringe benefits tax, the same as any other um, employer benefits. Now there is a push um, and, and I think it's not only bikes, there's been a push in the last few weeks that um, bikes that are supplied by the employers to, to ride, uh, for people to ride to work, as well as uh, gym fees I think came out last week should be exempt from FBT because th- what this does, it encourages greater fitness in the uh, uh, em- employees and leads to greater productivity in the workforce. So um, that's, mm-hmm. Somehow, oh, I suspect that the, the bikes came out first, and then the gym people jumped on that as well. Uh, somehow, I don't think it's going to get up. Right. So it's not actually through. And uh, no, no, it's just a it's just a suggestion from uh, a group of biking enthusiasts. But but there are there are more and more people riding bikes. That's yeah, true. Yeah. So it might might gain momentum. Might so, gain momentum, but but so yeah. who pays FBT? Is
0: it the cyclists who no, pay it, or the employer? Yeah, so okay. if the
1: employer provides. I mean, where this is leading is that um, if the employer provides a bike um, to to the employee um, to ride to and from work or whatever else they may want to do for it, the the cost of the bike would be subject to fringe benefits tax. Mm -hmm. Now, what they're saying is that because of these health benefits these bikes provide, they shouldn't be subject to a fringe benefits tax. And I can see that people then want to somehow salary package these up Right, to, so to, to basically to get the bike tax-free.
0: So we may not have heard the last of this.
1: Ah, oh, I, I don't think the government's going to. I'll, I'll be surprised if government adopts it this policy.
0: Right. Well, moving to a different kind of transport, Qantas we've just heard is about to uh, partner with an American with American Airlines and uh, provide a new route to San Francisco. And yet, it's not long ago that we heard they needed government assistance.
1: Well, it's interesting. Qantas, Qantas has made a remark. Well, at least the share price has made a remarkable recovery from you know. Uh, a year or so ago it was $1. twenty-one, and not so long ago it was at a year's high of $3.56. So the price has gone up. I mean, that's been a combination of... Um, um, management will tell you management, but I think it 's a combination of the um, falling oil prices, which Qantas is a large consumer of oil, particularly because they 've got older jets that are less efficient, and um, the, the um, falling exchange rate, which is encouraged inbound tourism. so I think a couple of things have gone in Qantas 's favor yeah. um, whether whether partnering with American airlines, one would assume that means they 're not going to fly Qantas planes are any more to san mm. francisco that's a possibility too or yeah. maybe not as so, much so what mm-hmm. i i don't know what that means but mm. yeah the, the company is is making a increase in profit and there is some broker research floating around says that the shares are actually worth four dollars
0: mm-hmm. but yeah okay. what are they at the moment
1: oh about 350 last okay. time i had a look hmm.
0: now what about Metcash?
1: ah uh, Metcash. um Metcash shares fell to a fifty-two week low the other day of a seven, and there's investors' concern about its ability to compete in price with Coles and Woolworths and Aldi. These uh, are the
0: IGA uh, Yeah, the, well, yeah. Metcash
1: is a wholesaler, yeah. uh, and IGA. The majority of the IGAs are owned by individual franchisees who buy the goods off um, Metcash. Um, one of the issues is that Metcash is the only major wholesaler left. Um, so if anything happens to Metcash, I, I, I'm not sure what will happen to the, mm. the local IGA shops. Um, so they're, they're being, the local IGA shops are being squeezed by um, Woolworths, Coles and Aldi. Uh, Metcash has said that um, they're going to sell off their uh, auto parts business, which we spoke about last week. But a number of the major shareholders have come out and said, no, that doesn't need to be sold. That has to be kept. Mm. So I think we're going to see Metcash continuing to be in the news for the next couple of weeks.
0: Right. And Maya. How are they going? Ah, uh,
1: Maya. Maya. Maya, 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 Maya's never um, got back to the price that it was listed at when it was sold by private equity. Um, They're they've appointing a new CEO or in the process of appointing a new CEO. Um, there's talk that, um, that because of, uh, as a new CEO does, that wants to clear the decks, that there's going to be significant write-downs in the brand names, the goodwill and inventory, um, prior to the announcement of a st- another strategic review.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: think, I think basic buyer's lost its way.
0: Mm, yes, in, in the maze of strategic reviews. Yeah,
1: yes. and, and just find,
0: <laughs> a little bit on gold. How about Newcrest? Ah,
1: uh, Newcrest. Well, this is interesting. Newcrest, um, their second most... Uh, important asset is the Lahir gold mine in uh, PNG and um, there seems to be some trouble with the uh, locals up there and the mine was shut for 36 hours um, unexpectedly over the weekend. Um, There seems to be some negotiations with local commercial interests. Now, this is interesting to me because the same thing, and we're not saying that this might happen, but the same thing happened in Bougainville, and the mine's been shut for, for decades. So the Ne, or New needs to, you know, make sure they manage the situation properly, otherwise the Lahir gold mine might actually close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And any, anything else you'd just like to bring us up to date on?
1: Just... Well, another interesting thing is we're talking about HSBC, which is a, a global bank, is, um, laying of 25,000 people worldwide to cut their costs. And you ask me that, um, you know, how many people do they employ? Well, they employ about 250,000 people around the world. And when you think about it, you know, that's probably about the same number of people who are employed in the Newcastle region. So some of these large international corporates employ a lot of people.
0: They do, and a
1: twenty-five thousand job cuts—a lot of jobs to go. That's about ten percent. It's ten percent around mm. the
0: world, but um, the world. yeah, there'll be some.
1: They're, they're mainly in Asia, in the UK, mm. um, but US. They're not—they they are here, but they're only a small way okay. here.
0: Okay, so um, the changing job scene.
1: Yes.
0: Thursday finance for our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners, and well, here's the big question, Stephen. Peer-to-peer lending—what is it?
1: Well. Peer-to-peer lending's the latest um, to use the word disruptive um, business that that's coming on the horizon in Australia, and and basically what it does is it lends money um, to various people directly using the internet. You've seen other disruptive businesses come on like you know real dot com, which basically took all the advertising out of the. Fairfax newspapers, um, and they're actually trying to probably start selling properties directly. Um, and peer-to-peer lending is a, a latest um, thing along the similar vein. So, so basically what they do is people with money to, to invest can lend money to other people who want to borrow directly. And this is all facilitated by use of an internet platform.
0: Okay, but isn't that the sort of thing that banks do?
1: Um, Yes and no. So what, what what basically happens is when you go along to your local bank, you, you give them your your money that you put in a deposit in, and then the, they they lend it out. Now what the bank does is that they guarantee um, that you'll get your money back. And in Australia, um, there's also a government guarantee in certain circumstances for deposits up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So so a, 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 a deposit with a bank is a very secure investment in Australia. With peer to peer lending you basically wear the credit risk. Right. So what that means is that, that if you don't if the lender doesn't pay the, sorry the borrower doesn't pay the money back you can lose some of your money which 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 doesn't happen with a bank in australia
0: so how do you get an idea of who's behind all of this
1: well the, well basically what happens on the internet sites they list a, it's it's a bit like an auction the two that are actually running in australia at the moment um where where you where the various people want to um borrow money and they they've They've been put up there and their credit score's put up, which is also a new thing that's been introduced into Australia in the last 12 months. There's this credit scoring system which has come from the US and the major, major credit agencies have assigned everyone a credit score um, depending on your repayment history. Um, and, and so VEDA and um, Dun & Bradstreet have got a credit score and you and you and me, Jane. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so the credit score goes up. Yes. Um, and, the, and the person who's lending the money can select who they lend to the money based on the credit score.
0: So if I wanted to borrow some money, they'd know all about my credit history before they decide? Oh, they, only, before they, they,
1: they only know the, the, the credit score number. They don't,
0: they know. don't know who I am? No. no. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so so the money get And then basically you, you can... The lender and or the borrower can can agree on what interest rate's being charged and the peer-to-peer lender takes out a fee in the middle.
0: Okay, so the peer-to-peer lender isn't actually involved in handling the money, so to speak.
1: No, they're just facilitating the transaction Uh, uh, for which they get a fee.
0: Right, okay. Um, And do we have a credit rating on them? Uh, Or do they not need one?
1: Well, they don't need one, I because suppose. Then, okay. okay, all yeah. right. And then the, t- the two, the two peer-to-peer lenders that are currently operating in Australia, as far as I'm aware, the is one called Society One, which is um, people can only invest in that if they're what's classified as a wholesale investor. Um, so, which means you, there's various tests on the CORPS Act to become a wholesale investor. And the other one, which is called Rate Setter, that is um, available for retail investors, and that's structured as a managed investment scheme. So you've got all the protections that are available in the managed investment scheme regime. But that doesn't guarantee your return of your... Of the capital, the capital that that you net, lend. Net, that's what you need okay. to be careful yeah. of.
0: So, how long has this all been around?
1: Um, it started to it started to come out, out of the UK um, after the GFC, as a number of people um, set up these community type organisations, matching borrowers and lenders. When the, the banks stopped lending over there, it then kind of graduated to the uh, internet and better technology. And some of these businesses are quite large in the UK and, and the US. Um, one's listed on the New York Stock Exchange, called lending club, and, and some of these are quite large. Um, um, but they've only just started in Australia in the last, um, um, you know, six months or so.
0: Okay. And uh, so it came from the UK. The one in the, uh, did you say, in the US that's listed on the Stock Exchange, doesn't that sort of change the whole set-up again?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. So it's the management company that's listed on the, the right. Stock Exchange. Okay. So, so not, 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 not the... Um, the lending process.
0: Okay, all right. So if I'm an investor and I want to put some money in, um, is it slightly more risky than putting money in a term deposit
1: in a oh, bank? Well, it's a lot more risky because the, because the term deposit, you know, the bank guarantees the repayment of the term deposit. Now, on the peer-to-peer lending, um, you're basically relying on the person to to, um, to pay, pay the back. money back. Mm-hmm. Now, overseas, some of these have got quite good, some of the peer-to-peer lenders have got quite good history about the repayments of the loans, and they've got some statistics because they've been going for a while, that, that's not really available in Australia yet.
0: Okay. Right. So
1: why would you do it? Mm-hmm. Um, because the interest rate you're earning, I mean, I had a quick look and um, the, the investors are po- currently earning 65 to 7% on the loans they've made through the peer-to-peer lending platforms in Australia at the moment, compared to your term deposit rate of 25 um, or three maybe.
0: Okay so yeah, quite a sizeable increase. Now let's uh, sit on the other side of the fence if I'm a borrower why would I want to use a peer-to-peer lender instead of my bank or building? Um,
1: The borrower borrower tends to use it because um, there's less um, forms to fill in and it's basically basically all based on the credit um, score and also um, because the interest rates are generally cheaper than what the bank will lend you out. So assuming that the, the um, facilitator, the peer-to-peer lending company, picks up a fee of 2%, um, you, you're talking about borrowing a, a personal loan at 85 um, to 10.5%. Now, if you go down to the, the local bank, um, if they'll give you a personal loan, it's probably going to be up around 14%, but they're more likely to say, well, you know, we'll give you a credit card instead and you can... Get a cash advance on that, which is probably going to be you know much higher rate
0: of interest, much higher again. Mm, so okay. that that's
1: from from the lender's point of view, uh, from the borrower's point of view, they're cheaper. Now in the UK, um, they're actually expanding into business loans up to a, up to a million. Um, Pound, I assume they're talking a million pounds. Yes, it would be. So it's becoming quite a large business in the UK. Now, the banks here, um, or at least one of the banks, is a bit concerned because they've actually made an investment into um, Society One as part of their uh, looking at new technologies.
0: Okay, so there, you think that indicates that they're a little bit worried about how it's going because they.
1: Well, you know, you've got to be careful of these new businesses. I mean, this new technology and comes up, someone comes up with an idea. Better to have an investment in there than, than, than uh, and, you know, I think it's $10 million or so, so it's not large in the scheme the bank's point of view. But remember um, what happened with realestate.com and car sales and Seek basically took all John Fairfax's business away. Mm-hmm.
0: So what do you think um, that might mean for us as, uh, in our relationships with our banks and building societies? Do you think we might have better interest rates?
1: Um, I, don't, I I don't I don't know to start with. I think as as people become more aware, competition will play a, play a part in the market. Um I think the the big worry about this is that when people are investing in this they need to understand that yes, you're getting this higher interest rate, but you may not get all your principal or interest back. So there'll be people who there'll be people who understand that risk and are happy to take it on and and um um you know Get the high rate, and others who want to stick with the TDs because of safety. The problem will come about when people get confused, mm-hmm. um, and you don't have to actually lend all your money to one person. I mean, you've got ten thousand dollars to invest. You might be able to spread that over three or four different loans.
0: So you don't have to have a huge amount no, no, of money. No,
1: no, no, five or six thousand dollars to start. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and you, can, you And so the loans are all what they term fractionalized. So a, a borrower doesn't get a loan from one person. It gets maybe several people. So on the side, on the, on the lender side, you, you can split up your loan as well. So that spreads the risk. Spreads the risk. Mm. You're just diversifying, like a bank loan book, actually. Mm. Now in the in the UK and the US, there's actually institutional um, investors stepping into the market now to 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 lend money through this peer to peer lending platform, which is another interesting development.
0: Mm. So
1: that would probably occur here at some time in the future.
0: New technology and how it changes the way. New we technology do
1: changes as well. You know, look, car sales. Um, uh, seek um, um, What If mm-hmm. now What If came here uh, and that, that revolutionised the hotel bookings but now there's a US company that's taken over because What If was losing market share to them because they didn't have as good a technology mm-hmm. so, so you know, all these things just evolve and develop and, and establish businesses particularly for stuff that can be delivered across the internet um, you need to keep an eye on them
0: and Thursday Finance at 7 to 1 uh, for our sponsor, Pritchard & Partners, Stephen Pritchard. We've um, had an enlightening experience with peer-to-peer lending and looking at that. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. What about government debt and bonds? How is that sorting itself So, so out?
1: we're going to the other end of the risk spectrum now. And so government
0: p- is, you're saying, not
1: terribly <laughs> risk Averse. Well, or it is risk-averse. Suppose the, the, the government debt is the safest securities you can have in Australia. So there's the Commonwealth government debt and then there's the state government debt. So the Commonwealth, in order to finance its budget deficit and um, its spending requirements, it issues um, government bonds and government, both New South Wales and the other states and the Commonwealth government. And, and these bonds um, are basically um, loans from the public or whoever subscribes to the bonds to the government. Now, because because the government's got a a power to tax people to pay their debt back, both the state government and the commonwealth government bonds are seen to be the safest uh, fixed interest investments in Australia.
0: They've got money on tap.
1: They've got Mm. money on tap. There used to be a series of government bonds called tap bonds, actually. Um, (laughs) And and, um,
0: so, um, if. well, I, th- I don't know. <laughs> We're yeah. looking at paying the government paying back what it owes. Yes,
1: yes. Consequently, <laughs> cons- consequently, because they seem to be so safe, um, the the yields on them are are, are 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 lower as well. Right. So they're usually lower than a term deposit with the with the bank.
0: Right. Okay. So um, when when the government has a deficit. That doesn't necessarily mean they don't have money to do things they need to do. No, it
1: just just means that their income less their expenditure is is, is, their their expenditure is greater than their income. And what the government does is is, is like a household; It, it borrows money to to finance that, and one of the ways it borrows money is through the issue of government bonds.
0: Right, so that counts as borrowing. Okay. Yeah.
1: Now, now, for a long time, government bonds were only traded in what's known as a wholesale market, but but now there is progressively more and more government bonds being traded on the Australian Stock Exchange um, using um, the set chess settlement procedure. Mm-hmm. So, so the retail investor can now access the um, government bonds um, just, by, just like buying a, a share in BHP or... Um, Right. Bank, for that matter.
0: Okay. Now what about credit rating? Australia's normally got a fairly good credit rating. Australia has
1: a, a triple A credit rating. There's been various talk by various people about it possibly downgrading. But the latest announcement from um one of the rating agencies was that there's no foreseeable future that the Australian government credit rating will be downgraded. Mm-hmm. In any event, even if it does downgrade, all, all the other credit ratings across the country will also downgrade because a, a company can't have a, a private company can't have a higher credit rating than the government.
0: We might follow that through in future programs of Thursday Finance. Thanks, Stephen Pritchard. Thanks, Jane. And uh, we'll be back next Thursday after the midday news.